Welcome everyone to Bean Pod by Upshot, the only Upshot podcast available. My name is Blake and I'm the head roaster here. And if you haven't figured out by now, I'm also the host of this podcast. Um, if yeah, it's your first episode, you may just be figuring that out. But uh, on another note, today we have the crew back. We have the full crew. We've been waiting for um, to get the, the whole podcast, original podcast crew together. And that's Connor, myself, and Drew. But let me open the stage for Connor. We haven't heard from you a little bit on the podcast. How's it going? It's been going fantastic. We've uh, got a lot of things moving in the right direction, and it's kind of nice to be sitting back here in this room with you guys, and I look forward to doing this a little bit more often. For sure. And we knew that was the, the goal. It wasn't always going to be having you on every podcast. That would have been pretty hard to uh, keep The up listeners with. don't want that. <laughs> All right, hey, you're saying it, <laughs> not myself. But we like having you on, so uh, we're going to make this a little bit more of a goal because uh, – good to get your perspective and especially when we do some sort of update which today's episode is going to be more of a kind of an update of what's going on and some of the projects we have it's nice having you on and to my left i've got uh you guys know him drew horton how's it going going well blake good good how are you doing today doing well doing well it's a fairly nice day out it's not freezing you know we're getting a little bit out of this cold season i'm sure it'll be back a little bit but it's nice nice to have some uh some warmth I agree. Yesterday was beautiful. Did you guys open the garage door at all? Of course we opened the garage door. We (laughs) need to get this. The best. You know, there's no windows in the roastery. When you can open that garage door on a 60-degree day and just enjoy the sunlight inside the roastery, it's fantastic. We stood outside on the back patio. I know. There's something about the sun, the feeling of the sun on your skin right now after this, you know, winter. It almost feels like you might make it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's oh, a glimmer there's of hope. Hope in life. It's it's great. Yeah. Seasonal depression is a real thing. And uh, winter's tough sometimes. We're coming out the other side, everybody. Dude, I'm just like, I'm to the age where I'm cold all the time now. I'm only 42, <laughs> but I'm cold all the time, dude. So I found myself the other day, the sun like hits our, our house like really hard in the afternoon on the backside of it. So I went upstairs and like Stacy's got these yoga mats to where she works out. And the sun comes in this sliding glass door, like really strong there. And I just laid on those yoga mats <laughs> in the sun at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just like, I need the sunlight. I need the warmth. And it you, was magical. You heard it here. Connor's a cat. Basically. A cat, cat or a plant. Or a plant. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go plant. Yeah. I'll t- I'm a plant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see you boys. Um, I'm excited to dive in today. We are doing a little roastery update. Um, and the first thing I really kind of wanted to touch on is We've had some new coffees in um, recently for experimental wise. They are uh, some Columbia coffees that we've been sourcing, and uh, we've got two that are in shop now, and um, we have two that are going to be released down the line. Drew, you want to give a little little update on the two coffees that we have in shop now? Yeah. So right now we've got our two Hario Arcilia uh, experimental processes. We've got a grape maceration and an apple cider natural yes those have been making some noise in the shop yes a lot of people have been enjoying them in, for all i know in new packaging yeah new packaging yes that is a big part of it it's uh, 100 gram jars a little bit smaller makes it a little bit more economical to buy these high-end coffees instead of spending you know double on a yeah. you know six, just seven just so bag. everybody knows why we did that like those normal coffees would be you know like 42 dollars right uh, they're super the special bags. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're it's it's been nice for us to be able to lower the price. Um, it's yeah. not as much coffee, but lower the barrier to entry a little bit for sure. So people sure. can have that experience still. 
Well, it makes it a little bit easier. I think kind of the goal of that, too, with you guys was to make sure that they could try both of them for a fairly economical sure. price. And there right. is a discount. Instead of spending $80 for two bags of coffee to try them both, they can spend, what was it, $25, 25 and they right. get both of them? It's really <laughs> the nerd way to approach coffee. It's it's When I go into a shop, I'd love to see a pack with two options. like that. To be able to try two different coffees, I think, is what I'm really enjoying from going to shops. It's not the ability to just get the same coffee over and over again it's i want to try something new and i think that's what we've been trying to meet with these experimentals yeah it's also really unique to have the same farmer yes for both of these yes and that we have actually bought his coffee before um and that's through coffee net coffee net whatever you want to call it that was actually my favorite coffee last year we yeah. did too yeah that yes. may have been my favorite it's coffee a gyro arcilia um his his wife is also a farmer, and his family is like this really in-depth Colombian coffee farmers that do a crazy job with their experimental processes. Yeah, his wife is actually the Los Helena Salazar, who we carried the carbonic maceration from them last year. That's yes. his Phenomenal. wife. So, yeah. supporting the family. For sure. <laughs> Are we in the family yet? Has anyone checked on that? I doubt it. I mean, we got to start getting a couple containers right. before we're in the family. That's a big <laughs> ask to be in that family. I mean, that's royalty. Family coffee, goals. I'd say yes. it's coffee royalty in many ways. Not royalty. You know what I mean. They are killing it. And um, the consistency, I think, is one of the craziest things that we've seen. Just every coffee I see with Jarrah's name on it. It's uh, fire. It's just great. Yeah, the processing yeah. and the... Um, but yeah, those coffees have been, been um, really exciting, but... We do have two more coffees that'll be in the pipeline, and that's from a company called 1959. Um, that's another experimental company that does a lot of Colombian coffee, majority only Colombian coffee. Um, and they are a little bit smaller of a company, but they're doing some crazy work. And uh, I was able to get on a FaceTime with some of the guys over there, and, and they were blowing my mind about their passion and consistency of what they're doing. Um, you guys have tried it a little bit. Yeah, our customers haven't. What you guys has been your feedback? Well, you want to tell them what the coffees are, or should we? Yeah, we can. Uh, that's probably a pretty important thing, right? <laughs> um, got a Columbia double washed anaerobic process. Yeah, that one is. It's got like a lot of good cinnamon notes to it. We've just been referring to it as cinnamon. Yeah, our little code name for it. And then the other one is a uh, natural. Geisha carbonic maceration, also yes. from Colombia. Was that 120 hours? Uh, really 140 hours. Yeah, I was gonna say carbonic really maceration. On that well, too. and that that um that carbonic maceration is um a geisha as well. Yes. And that was w- the kind of the story behind that one was they found that um, geisha within the you know like a abandoned coffee farm of like 20 years, and they were just walking through and found this really high sought after coffee plant they use it find i know really really cool story <laughs> behind it so we're excited for those to come out in the future so um be on a lookout for those within the next few months yeah and those will also both most likely be in the jars as well the 100 sure. gram do you guys uh, think we'll do a sampler pack of those too as well i i think it would be nice Probably i'd imagine likely. i'd yeah. like for people to try it. I, I think the cool thing about these coffees is they all have a different thing to offer um they're not mm-hmm. In many ways, they're very different from each other, even though there's some, they're all experimentals. There's a lot of different notes going on between each, and I think that's why we really wanted to bring the four on because they're so unique and it's important to try. Yeah, I think, and I think for me, like Colombian coffee has quickly become my favorite just because the amount of range you can have so many different crazy. tasting coffees 
out of the same country and they produce year round, which makes it really nice for green sourcing too. So it's always, it's, a, it's like the overlie. It's coming back to our overliable thing. Yeah. It's it, like, just, they're just always there. It's, it's always something to fall back on. Um, we love all these different oranges, but it is really nice just getting familiar with one country's origin and two, like how much you like uniqueness and variety through that is pretty yes. crazy. Yeah. Well, it's been really nice too, to like start to identify farms. We really like, everything that comes off of them so we can kind of keep going back to those year after year after year and have some kind of consistency and our customers yeah. can track the changes and Support the way them. the coffee's going and you know it's just really i think that's a really neat thing that if we can keep buying similar coffees from those farms um and keep that consistency for ourselves and the customers that's a pretty special thing too as long as the coffee's Makes as sense. awesome as it has always been and that's a tough dynamic alone because um i got a i just got off a call um the other day with an importer of ours that works out of Congo and um, really want to support his, his stuff. He doesn't, the problem is they don't have a ton of options. Their coffee's good, but like that's the problem with a company like um, Kofi that has all these different varieties within one origin. It's, it's, it makes it tough for the smaller importers to buy from. Um, that's kind of one of the dilemmas I'm finding right now is all these people I want to support, but it's really hard from a logistical standpoint yeah, and I think that kind of wraps it up with those two coffees that we'll have in the future. Be on a lookout of those. They'll be online. Um, don't have an exact date when we're going to release those, but it'll be coming out here soon. Um, on another note, we have kind of been diving into some sort of dark roast experimental realm. And let me explain before anybody makes any assumptions. Um, somebody that I've been working with that I met through a break shop that goes, he's one of our regulars over there. Uh, introduced me to a guy in Georgia who's starting a, a shop that wants some dark roast. And uh, initially I was like, I don't know if I really want to claim dark roast as upshot. Um, and he's like, oh, no, exactly. I want to put my label on it. Like, perfect. So yeah. <laughs> we've been doing this kind of dark roast realm. We've been exploring it a little bit and um, roasting in a way that I've never roasted before. And I think it's been a really cool experiment um, you guys have cupped some of this stuff, but what has been your feedback from this dark roast theory? For me, I feel like we can learn a lot from it. So whether we ever have an upshot dark roast, and I'm sure at some point there'll be there's something, some, something along those lines, right? Because I, I just don't want to close any doors based on our preconceived notions. I want to make decisions based on what we believe is right for upshot, what we believe is good, and what we believe represents Upshot. So I think that we can learn a lot from it. And I don't know how soon it will affect anything at Upshot or how soon we'll offer anything. But I do know that I am very excited that you guys took that opportunity to keep that door open and learn about Dark Rose and not just shut the door and say, that's not something we do. Because yeah. I don't care what it is. We can learn from it. We can establish relationships from it. We can serve people better with it. And the more knowledge we have, the more varied we are in our roasting, I think the better it is for our geishas. Mm -hmm. I mean, every kind of coffee there is, we just learn the process more and more and more. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited you guys took it on. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, you know, if we, down the line, if we did have a dark roast on or something like that, would probably be like a, a more of a medium roast anyway. Like we're finding that don't love like us personally, we don't love the super dark stuff, but I'm finding real quick that we sent three samples over to this this shop and they tried and they liked the darkest one. So it's yeah, it's a little eye opening in the sense of you know our preference is far from everybody's preference. It is um well, and we found when we cupped them that the lightest version of that dark roast, we kind of really saw a lot of things in there that were kind of interesting and we kind of like. So you know 
that was kind of eye-opening for me to taste that and not just taste what I had presumed I would taste, but actually define what, you know, a, a delicious dark roast for us may be. And maybe right. that is a light medium roast in some people's eyes. Um, but I think that's probably first is defining what a dark roast is for us and what we're looking out of it. And really what our customers are looking at, what they're actually telling us they want to see out of the coffee when they tell us dark roast. Because yeah. I think a lot of times it's not what we assume um, we get out of dark roast. So it's really trying to translate, okay, it's not necessarily um, burnt rubber and tar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get that by having people come in here and cup that tell us they only like dark roast, mm-hmm. right? Oftentimes they pick a coffee off the table that is not nearly the most developed. So it's really trying to define what the customer means by dark roast, what they're looking for, and then figuring out how we do that in a way that is a beautiful coffee from Upshot. For sure. And I'm I'm curious, Drew, you I mean, I know you as a very hardcore light roast guy. Like I you started with light roast, you yeah. still into it. I started out with a little bit of dark roast in my journey as if you've listened to our podcast at all, you'll know that. Um what what has been your feedback from this kind of roasting experiment? I I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the dark roast, you know. Medium, no secret. medium dark, yeah. Um, but I do think that it's, you know, very important to learn and regardless of whether or not it's something we decide to do in the future, we're learning a lot about like how to manage a curve and how to absolutely, you know, manipulate to achieve a good dark roast, but uh like in my eyes, I see that translating to us having better espresso roasts for sure and maybe in the future offering something like an espresso roast for each coffee Mm -hmm. you know like you do a single origin you know ethiopia washed but we also have an espresso roast of it for those people that want a little bit darker filter experience or it would be beautiful on espresso and easy to brew for sure i think you covered it well in the sense that it's helped us a lot in the espresso and we've already changed our espresso a little bit yeah for sure to get some of that more, because sometimes our espresso, if you've been around, like the best part about it is it's so bright and it's so it's got such a good character. But that's also it's probably some of its biggest downfall is in a latte it, it may not pop the way you want it to, as though you know a single origin shot. Yeah, that um, bright can turn into sour yeah, pretty quick, especially when you add a lot of milk to it. Um, but yeah, I think it's been really fun just to dive into it. And you said something about managing the curve. Um, Basically, when you cook coffee for a minute longer, it changes the way that uh, you need to approach it. In the same way, if you're going to make any meal and you want to cook it longer, you have to be a little bit more strategic with it, maybe with your start temp. So it's been challenging me from a roasting side, for sure, to to dive into because it's hard. It's, it's like I get so comfortable with light roast, and then you throw this on the table, and it forces you to get out, which is um, I think it's good for us. Yeah, so I guess from the dark roast side, that kind of summarizes um, what we're doing over here. But I, I do want to make a quick mention that uh, we're very interested in doing some sort of wholesale with with cafes, kind of what we're trying to do here. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, like in this instance, they want it to label as their own coffee shop. And that's a, like a private label roasting. We do that. Um, but we also just do regular wholesale. Um, so if you know any coffee shop or go to any coffee shop that you'd love to see Upshot in or you think would be a good fit, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and that could be, we are upshot, um, at gmail.com. It could be, um, shaped roast or go to my Instagram shaped roasting. Um, there's a lot of ways to reach out, but we'd love to, to, to hear if anybody thinks upshot would be a good suggestion anywhere. Now kind of transitioning, uh, 
We have a uh, something in the pipeline. It's I'm just going to label it North Roads. Um, Connor, you've been <clears> kind of <throat> the man working with this. You want to give us a little update what that even means? Yeah. So we opened a uh, cafe inside Waypoint Church, which is about four miles down the road here from our Cottleville location here in St. Charles, Missouri. They had built out a cafe in their church, and they were planning on running a full coffee cafe that they had designed with some of their internal staff. And then about the time that was going to open, Corona hit, and uh, they stopped doing church service for a little while. So the cafe never really opened in the intended purpose. So they had approached us about letting Upshot run it and take over and, and being able to provide it and let it serve their customers, which we started doing that about a year ago. We took over that cafe we'll do some special events for them and and it's mostly on Sunday mornings we run that and we we serve food and make drinks and it's it's a full full cafe that we have a lot of fun at and through that an opportunity came up um with North Roads Church out in Moscow Mills which is another awesome church around here and you know we've been wanting to have some kind of presence out west we've had a lot of requests for it for a long time so when North Roads reached out and said hey would you be interested in doing something here that was something that I was very interested in doing because it hit the Westplex, that that area out in Wentzville, Moscow Mills, and Troy that I think is, you know, underserved by us at least and uh, allows us to give us upshot brain. We have a lot of people that actually drive in from those areas to Cottleville, um, Wentzville to get coffee, so this makes it a lot more convenient to them. They'd reached out to us. Um, they wanted to have a full-on cafe inside their church, so we developed a licensing program to where they are licensing an upshot from us. And they're going to operate it, and it's going to be open seven days a week to the public. It's going to be everything that our Upshot Cafes are inside this big, beautiful campus. They've got a beautiful playground built out in there, and they're getting ready to add some other stuff that will create some outside space. So I think it'll be a really useful cafe. I think it'll be a really fun cafe, and I think it'll serve a lot of needs for people out in that area as well as being a great spot to gather. Absolutely. It's one, one thing you said uh, kind of away from the subject, but crazy that Waypoint's been a year now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought Waypoint has been a cool um, just idea of just if you think you know a lot about coffee within the third wave realm, go work in a, a church coffee shop and you'll realize a lot more perspectives on coffee. So I think Waypoint's been a really cool experience, but this North Roads is, seems pretty legit and um, we're really excited. And um, the guy that's kind of been in charge of that, um, his name's Jimmy. Jimmy Combs. He's been uh, over at Upshot doing some shadowing, and uh, and we're looking to get him on the podcast at some point. If he's, uh, I'm sure he'll be willing. But um, he's but ready and willing, so we'll get him on here, introduce you guys. Um, they're working out some of their plans, but I know their goal with that cafe is to essentially have all of the revenue go towards supporting programs at their church. So it's a cafe with a purpose other than just profit generating, For creating sure. jobs, and the things that our traditional cafes are. It's it's really meant to generate revenue, support the community, and give back to the community. So it's mm -hmm. a pretty special place, and and I think if it, if and when it opens, it's going to be a spot that a lot of people feel very welcome at. Which is awesome. It's the uh, coffee shop church mindset. There's a yep. lot of lot of a lot of cool ideas coming from that. Alrighty, and then we have um, one thing we really wanted to to talk on this episode because that kind of a pretty good little roastery update on um, what's been going on. and uh, But we do have one thing that we really wanted to talk about to end this episode, and that is our forward competition. Um, Drew, you've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. You want to do a quick little summary, and maybe we can talk about what you guys think um, from the results and just get a little summary. 
yeah, so this was our first roasting competition. Um, didn't necessarily go how I wanted it to, but that's okay. Um, we There were around 30 to 35 people in the competition, I think. Um, and we placed like 15th, which isn't bad, but not really what I wanted. Um, it was an interesting kind of experience because they sent us the coffee. We didn't know what it was. Um, it turned out to be a coffee from Thailand, um, which I had never had before. I don't know about you guys. You I've never had a Taiwanese coffee. You want to try to give that one a pronunciation? I'm a pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> coffee from Thailand, not the easiest to pronounce. Yeah. Um, it was a Kenya style washed, and it was a blend of Katuai, Chiang Mai, Tipica, and SJ133 varieties. Um, which was interesting. It was around three seventy a pound, so which is cheap. Which is very cheap. Very cheap for a roasting competition, especially. That's a um, a pretty common price point for. It's cheaper than most of the coffees we use. It's like yeah, uh, throw that in the espresso blend. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the blend is what kind of threw me off in the competition. Well, one of the things that. I tried to do to get a bit of an edge was sift the green coffee. Um, my idea was that sifting it allows you to cook or roast, you know, beans that are more similar in size. And when they're more similar in size, they'll roast a little more evenly. My idea was that it would give more clarity. Um, but when sifting it, I, you know, this is a blend of varieties and some varieties are bigger and smaller than others. So, where I went wrong, I actually sifted out one of the larger varieties, which is Typica. Um, if you think back to our Columbia Lactic, that's a Typica variety. and Good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. So I basically sorted out the best coffee and <laughs> used it for testing instead of, you know, using it to blend into the coffee. So no doubt we lost some points on that. Um you did score pretty high in a lot of categories, what we yeah. noticed. We we scored very high in uh we scored pretty high in flavor, just like the actual notes of it, balance and um what was the other one? Flavor balance and was sweetness there or was that there was like a it was like I think it was just those two maybe. Yeah. I thought there was like a clean one, but I don't think there is. Um but yeah, we scored lower in like sweetness and acidity body. and all that. Yeah, we scored high in body. That's right. Um, the, our notes for the coffee was citrus fruit, stone fruit, nougat, refreshing and juicy. Um, and then we also got different data for the color and density of the bean. So our internal uh, color track number, like the color of the inside of the bean we scored a 50 um the average was around a 48.53 which is really interesting um i was actually under the impression that the coffee was going to be a little little underdeveloped i don't know you guys tasted yeah. it what did you guys think i of definitely it? didn't get any overdeveloped notes from yeah. it but i was pretty shocked when it said it was like top percent in development yeah it was it was darker than the average top 10 so uh that taught me a couple things i think that 
one of the things I didn't really account for was the age of the coffee when they were evaluating it. Um, here at the roastery, towards the end, I was on a little bit of a time crunch because we yeah. had some Akawa troubles. The Akawa was gone for a few months, <laughs> um, being ser- serviced. It's kind of a problem. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Uh, so, yeah, I was doing a lot of testing like three, four days after roasting when they evaluated it like two and a half or three weeks after I roasted it. So I'm assuming that my thought that it was underdeveloped is because I was cupping it too soon. And this next round, I'm going to be waiting like a full week and a half, two weeks before For cupping sure. each each batch. And that way we can identify if that's what led to them thinking it was a little bit more developed than the other people and us thinking it was on the edge of being a little bit too light. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what I'm hoping. Um, well, and this is like the nerdiest as it gets for coffee. Let's yes. be like from the roasting side, this is as like in-depth as you'll ever try to dive in because you're trying to get any edge on any other competitor. So you're sifting coffee, you're like you're measuring the darkness, you're cupping it nonstop, and you're thinking yeah. your density. So it's really like it may be confusing for a lot of listeners, or it may just completely excite you. It's like I feel like it's one or the other with a competition like this because it gets us excited, but it's it's really complex. Yes, very complex, especially with the data that you get back from these. Um, basically, they just have a bunch of certified Q graders and people that. Basically, our coffee professionals just taste these, and um, they get yeah, a bunch of people them. grade them. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that was a pretty good summary. I don't want to give too much away about what I'm going to do this time. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably a good idea. To got some tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> and um, I, I want to just say, like, this competition to me was extremely challenging. I think we should probably explain the process because – it wasn't just as simple as getting a coffee in that we knew everything about, roasting right. it as best as we can and sending it back. You get this coffee, we had, what, two months? Two, three months to yeah. sample roast it. But essentially what they do is you sign up for this lottery, they send you uh, you know, 400 kilograms of coffee. No, not 400 kilograms. What it's it? a kilo. A kilo of coffee. And there is no information on what country it's from. There is no information on the process. There is no information on the elevation the varietals and what you just heard drew say was there was four varietals in there mm-hmm. so like you were literally guessing at every component of this thing and typically speaking when we get a green coffee in we know everything about it <laughs> like yeah. down to the harvest date and every piece of information that we want we can request to then figure out like a coffee that we've previously had like that what the best result was to get that so for drew to take this on and get this coffee in which on top of it um, was from a country we've never even tried coffee from, yeah. let alone roasted for. Um, and then there was some varietals in there that I'm not sure we've ever roasted before either. Um, that was an extremely complicated process that was, A, we learned a ton from it. Um, and I would say that's the entire point of why we did it. One, obviously, we always want to place in the top three. Yeah. But I think we had realistic expectations that there was a lot to figure out here, even just in the feedback that we were able to get back once it was graded, because I think they had four Q graders up there that went through it all. So part of what we had to do was get this first one in and just see what the feedback was going to be so we know, based on what we did, what they were looking for, and then we can kind of fine-tune this next round. Now that we know all these little things that we got in the feedback, 
Yeah. Um, it allows us to kind of take all that information and maybe move forward in a way that at least we have the basic of what they're looking for at the end of the day. But my gosh, that was, I mean, yeah. I was super impressed with the work <laughs> you put in there, dude. And I was super impressed with how incredible that coffee was when you sent it off. Right. Um, and I thought that that was maybe one of the better things we've ever done as a company for our roasting was watching you go through that process and everything you learned on that. And then Blake being involved in that, us cupping it all together, like that was exciting. And we're going to keep doing it because I think it's, it pushes us, it challenges us. And those are the things that we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we are entered into the next, uh, like season of competition as well. Just to announce that, um, coffee seems a lot more normal. Yeah. <laughs> Tasting a lot better. We're actually going to cup it here right after if you've got time. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to do some things different for sure. Um, and the one thing I missed, wanted to talk about a little bit of struggle with the Akawa and blending yeah, for sure for the coffee. So that's another thing that I'm, I don't know, I haven't really decided what I want to do yet. But one of the things that I think hurt us, um, we didn't have very much of the coffee left at the end because I had sample roasted a few times. Um, obviously done a lot of trial and error dying dialing in the curve and then it came time to actually roast it and i was sifting it and i like <laughs> i had like 100 grams of the coffee left over at the end i think it was perfect like, amount. <laughs> barely any but the problem i ran into is the akawa roasts so sm such small batches you're getting like after you roast it's like 35 grams of coffee for each roast so i'm blending like 10 yeah, it's crazy. Ten batches of coffee, and I think I'm also going to try to do it over the course of, like, a couple days next time because I think that I was starting to get, like, too hot, and then my roasts were getting baked, but I still had to blend those into the final You mean blend. by doing all ten roasts back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, the Kawa was getting hotter and hotter? Yeah, so I actually did break it up. I did, like, five in the morning, and then I waited and then i had five in the afternoon to give it some time to cool down but i still like two yeah i know but i still remember cupping it and there were a couple that i like really didn't want to put in there but like i couldn't meet the requirement without it so i think we've got more coffee this time i've got better plan i'm i'm hopeful yeah i think it's <laughs> i think it's been fun though it absolutely has been fun. It's been fun, something to, uh, to push us, like you said, our tasting. and Because um, a lot of these cuppings that we do uh, for this coffee, is it's right next to it itself. So you're yeah. doing, that's, that's some of the best for the taste is when you're cupping the same coffee in a different either roast or um, sifted. It, it really challenges your palate for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that was um, that was a, a, a been a really fun thing, and we're continuing to do that over here. Uh, but that was it's a pretty much all we had for this episode. Um, you guys got anything going on this weekend? You guys want to share any <laughs> any crazy plans? I want to know what what's going on in your life, Drew. And I want you to tell everybody on this podcast deep, intimate parts of your life on what's going on. This is now a counseling episode, actually, for Connor too. Connor, you can chime in if you like. <laughs> if, if I open this book. Oh yeah, my okay. gosh. Maybe we should close then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the best move. I got, hey, I got a blues game going to tonight. Ooh. Nice, nice. Yeah, go blues. Even maybe they'll sign you, dude. Well, you, you know, as long as they're doing well is all I care about, and they're not doing too too hot. I don't think I'd make them any better. So, y you might. 
Maybe coffee. Maybe if I, I mean, you could at least make coffee for them, them. Get them all jacked up, maybe. Yeah, I mean, their hearts, though. I mean, they get, you know, hockey players have a lot of heart problems. I don't know if you guys knew this. I, I don't know this. Yeah, so a hockey player hops on the ice and, you know, full speed for 50 seconds, 40 seconds, and then's off. Sits, does nothing, then hops back on the ice, you know, a couple minutes later. It's interval. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Over, overall, it's uh, bad for the heart. I don't know how we got here, but... Um, coffee, I don't We think were just so. trying to find out what Drew was doing with his girlfriend this weekend, and here we are talking about well, professional said, players said, and heart rates. I said nothing about <laughs> you and your girlfriend. Just, that was Connor that said that. I think we got to cut this part out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's staying. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, anyway, it's good. Uh, well, if it's not staying, then let's just tell some dirty jokes. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, uh, no it's time to go. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, listening, and if you're still listening, uh, sorry. No, no, we love you. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, be on the lookout for more Upshot-related content. Uh, we're pumping some out over here, so uh, we'll have that out, some more stuff here soon, and uh, keep posting on what Upshot's doing, and we got a lot of cool stuff going on. So, uh, Are you planning on releasing that competition coffee at all? Like a couple jars of that? The Geisha? From Forward. Do you have any of that left over that you're planning on releasing no. and selling? No, we don't no. really have okay. any. I used all of it. Okay. Um, this time we might have the opportunity to do like three. Perfect. But it just depends on how much coffee I have. Okay. But we should definitely have more this time. Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, we appreciate all of our uh, our listeners and our customers. And um, hope you guys have a good day. Peace. Love you.